You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. All right. If you've been in Charlotte, even for just a few months, listening to the radio, watching TV, whatever it is, you've likely heard an ad for one of the Keffer Auto Group's eight car dealerships like Hyundai, Jeep, Volkswagen, Kia, you name it. What you may not know is that the Keffer family has a long history of putting people behind the wheel here in the Charlotte area. Jim Keffer is the owner and investing partner in a catalog full of car brands here in the Carolinas. And that's not all this guy's up to. He is an I would say he is a renaissance man. He's also our guest this week on the award-winning Brand Builders podcast. And yes, you're not hearing Brian Young. This is D.C. Lucchese subbing for the vacationing Brian here with Scott Dunson. And as we said, Jim Keffer. Jim, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you very much. Happy to be here. Jim, thank you for being here, bud. D.C., thank you. Uh, you Appreciate the fill-in. We'll miss Brian today. Totally. He's actually moving, but maybe we can call it vacation. I don't know. Um, So, yeah. So, Jim, how's the car business these days, man? You know, it's getting real again, uh, like, like a lot of people's mm-hmm. business. And, uh, and, and I think that's probably a good thing. You know, we, we had so few cars that in order to cover the bills, the, the margins went up and uh, that, that made it tough on everybody. But it's sort of normalizing now. You know, some brands have more inventory than others, uh, but uh, it, it's, it's back to a position where, you know, I think the, the margins are kind of returning to <clears throat> normal levels and, uh, and I think that's good for everybody. Absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit about, can you share the backstory of the Keffer brand, your dad, and how you got in the business in, in the first place? <clears throat> I'm not sure how much time we have, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, got all the time you need. <laughs> um, so uh, my, my dad uh, was a really cool guy. Uh, he he was not a college graduate. In fact, he said they only only graduated high school because uh, the teachers wanted to get rid of him, so they kept moving him up. Uh, but he uh, did, did a lot of different stuff. He, you know, he sold insurance, and I think at, at one point he delivered milk. Uh, wasn't sure what he wanted to do with his life, but um, he uh, started one day and decided, well, I'm going to go try this car sales thing. And uh, and he told his, his dad and his mom, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a car salesman. And they said, well, what's next? Pots and pans? And he said, ah, that's, yeah. You, <laughs> About what year is this, Jim? Oh, man. Uh, well before I was born. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what year that was. But he, he ended up going to work mm. for a guy named Aminar Smith in York, Pennsylvania, the home of Barbells, Peppermint Patties, and Final Assembly for Harley Davidson, my, oh, wow, my uh, town of my birth. By the grace of God, they moved me away when I was five. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, no offense to any York people out there. But uh, in, in any event, um, you know, my, my dad decided not long after, uh, you know, he, he uh, took him a little while, but he kind of got the hang of it, got pretty good at it. And uh, he decided that, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a car dealer one day. Uh, and he was very goal oriented. He had fought, fought in the Korean conflict, um, and you know, so that he he said he learned everything he needed to know about business uh, as a U.S. Marine. Funny story. He yeah, offered. Yeah. I, I have two brothers. He offered both of us brand new Corvettes if we would enlist. And uh, he is still holding the keys uh, <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> no, no one took him up on that. But, oh wow! Yeah. In any event, he he. Um, the, the guy he worked for in Pennsylvania had a son who was going to be the dealer. And so uh, my dad said, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to pursue this dream. And the guy's like, hey, I you know, got to support that. And 
you know, it doesn't work like that much anymore. But uh, in, in any event, he answered an ad in, in um, Wilmington, North Carolina. A guy had a Chevrolet store that wasn't doing so well. And he said, hey, if you come and you turn this thing around, get it going really well, I'll sell you half of it. Well, it turned out the guy didn't own the store. It was his mother-in-law that owned the store. And oh, my dad did a great job, uh, actually uh, helped him <laughs> uh, get BMW uh, and uh, Nissan and Honda, along mm -hmm. with Chevrolet, over the course of uh, the three years that we lived there. Uh, and then it was time for the guy to uh, you know, sell him the, the stock. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, no. Uh, and oh, so, uh, <clears throat> you know, my dad didn't, didn't hit him or anything like that, uh, that I know of. <laughs> Uh, and he, uh, he, he was in a, a dealer group and, and he had some people in there that were you know, dealers and doing well. And, and so he had some offers, uh, Hey, I'll back you. Let, let's just go find you a store. Uh, so long story short, we ended up here in North Carolina in, in, uh, Charlotte, uh, downtown. Uh, my dad bought a store, uh, with the help of a guy named Charlie Johnson, uh, and, uh, on a 10 year buyout that ended up being kind of the precursor of sort of the pay it forward model that yeah. we still use today. Uh, and, you know, he started selling cars or, in, here in uh, Charlotte downtown on Trade and Tryon. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Uh, yeah, How about and, that? and had to move out and build a new dealership that uh, out on Tyvola Road. This was before mm -hmm. uh, Tyvola Road was actually connected uh, and, and to I-77. So uh, 1974. Um, and so uh, we, we got started, and uh, lo and behold, uh, I think Jimmy Carter was in office. Uh, but uh, right after we got started, prime rate went up to oh, about 19%. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so th things got kind of tough. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, I think he developed through all of that uh, a really uh, prudent sense of uh, financial responsibility, we'll say. Uh, that sort of kind of lived on through the culture of the company because we're real big on financial fluency, you know. So anyway, uh, about five years in, still on this 10-year buyout with this guy, uh, he started helping other people get their own deals with the help of that guy. And then when he was finished with his buyout, he's like, you know, this is what I'm going to do for the, the rest of my life. And uh, so since then, between the two of us, we have uh, 28 uh, of these buyouts that have been completed Wow! With people. And uh, I have partners that are uh, buying out three more at the end of this year and uh, still trying to do more of them uh, as we speak. So that's that's kind of the, the story. My personal story is the car business is the one thing I was never, ever, ever going to do. Uh, but here I am uh, many, many years later. It, it's, it's probably because my dad started me out at five years old when it wasn't his store. And Gave me the opportunity to, uh, you know, learn janitorial services exceptionally oh, well. Yes, yeah. uh, I was like the kid on uh, Charlie Brown, you know, pig pen. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they would they would roll me from one end of the shop to the other to kind of clean yeah. up the grease. Uh, but you know, I, I was uh, dumping trash cans and sh sweeping floors, and uh, so a really great thing that he did for me. Oh yeah, uh, totally. But in any event, um, you know, I, I uh, started writing service uh, one one summer while I was in college up at Appalachian State, and I actually came home and my dad handed me a broom. I was like, "Really? You know, is there I, is there is there anything you, even a, a level above the whole broom thing that you think I might be qualified for?" And so I, I started doing the service advisor thing, and mm -hmm. 
Uh, and, and I don't know, that was probably the only time he ever apologized to me in my life because he came back a month later when I outwrote everybody else uh, and said, I had no idea. And I was like, well, now you know. So uh, anyway, I was still not going to get in the car business. I, I, uh, I spent two years up at App State, decided uh, it got really cold. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it still I, does. To yeah. It snowed this <laughs> week. <from what laughs> exactly. I hear. Yeah. It was like 20 below zero. I oh, walked man. outside and my nose hairs froze. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. So uh, I decided I would deal with it by moving to Wilmington, where my brother Rick lived. He was a GSM for a store down there. And uh, you know, he lived like a mile from the beach, and I was like, this isn't all bad. So yeah. I, I went to Wilmington, uh, got a marketing degree, found a wife, uh, and you know, turn, turned out okay. I got engaged my uh, senior year, and uh, we will be married 35 years uh, at the end of this month. Wow, man. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, I got married December 31st. I thought it would be easier to remember my anniversary. Well played. Way. Well played. So, yeah. so far, <laughs> Happy New Year, mate. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're usually in bed by 10. No. It's not that <laughs> exciting. You know? but, uh, but you didn't forget, so it's like you got that going for you. So, no, yeah. no. So anyway, lo- lots of interesting stuff in the, in the middle. There's a story I, I can tell you one day about the time that he fired me. Um, oh, you stop right there. I got to oh. hear this one. <laughs> We've had a lot of people on this program that have been part of a family business for good or for bad and, and somewhere in between. But I got to hear about the time you got fired here. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I, fortunately, I think humility is a virtue. Uh, so I don't, don't mind that. don't mind sharing. Uh, so I was really good at sales. And, um, you know, I, I, I was like the salesman of the month and doing doing great. So they they put me in finance, and I was just okay at that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I was, you know, I, I understood it. It's just s- sitting in that little office all day doing paperwork. I, I didn't love that. I, uh, I was more, uh, I enjoyed ha- making making friends and being out where you can go go yeah. talk to people and more more people. And so anyway, I moved uh, up. Uh, was in the sales manager, I think, at our Jeep store, and uh, you know, we got up to the number one store in the state, and yeah, you know, we were we were doing you know, pretty well. And, uh, he decided it was time for me to be a, a general manager, which, and I had no clue on, on how to run a business. Uh, my dad was not a big teacher. Uh, he, he was great at teaching financial fluency and teaching other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not a process guy. He was very much, uh, an entrepreneurial person. And mm-hmm. so as, as such, he did not want to tell people how they should sell. It was kind of like, you know, you, you figure that out for yourself, do your thing, uh, and, you know, make, make sure he said it was five things. You got to be uh, 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 legal, ethical, fair to the customer, fair to your team members, and profitable. Yeah, and he was really keen on that last one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you become financial, uh, <laughs> financially literate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, I was, I was thinking, he, he came in one day, he's like, well, I, I've bought the Pontiac uh, GMC store down the street, uh, and you're going to run it. So go over to the—we had another Pontiac GMC store, our mm-hmm. first store on uh, Tybola Road. So he said, go go over there, put a team together, uh, and, you know, run that thing and, you know, do great. Okay. You know, I, I felt like Al Davis, you know, just, just win. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Try not to suck. Okay, yeah. I'll do what I can. I, yeah. So it's, oh, actually, I went for that option. I, <laughs> I, 
did, did my best to suck. But I, I, uh, I, everything I had done up to that point, you know, it was really good. Yeah, like I, I thought I had a pretty good S on my chest, and I'd like to keep yeah. it shiny. And so I was like, oh, all right. You know, so I go over there. And now, how I, old are you at this point? At this point, I want to say maybe twenty. Four or five. 25. You are a young guy about to GM this this dealership. Yeah, right? yeah, and and, <laughs> okay. it, and it was it was a train wreck store. You know, their <laughs> inventory was terrible. I, it, we might have three people who would darken the doorways on an average day or yeah. something like oh, that. Wow. And, um, so I uh, I I hired the bad news bears. You know, because uh, I thought, yeah, well, just uh, just you know just hire whoever you know answers the ad or whatever and. Uh, that turned out to not be such a great strategy. And so uh, my brother actually was working with me, my oldest brother. And um, and so, yeah, it, it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> it, it, we, we had very little going on. He oh, called man. at the end of the day. He said, how many, how many cars did you sell? I was like, oh, yo, uh, I think we did one. And, okay, great. Do better tomorrow. Bye. Click. You're like, yeah. all right. Hey, thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I use the term fire. So he came in and uh, like three months into this, it, you know, it was like this was not, you know, we, we needed to go back to remedial math or something. So uh, he comes in. He's like, well, I've decided that we need to disassociate the Keffer name with this. So it was some nonsense story that, you know, yeah. Yeah, the long and short of it is, you know, you're fired. And. Uh, go over to the Pontiac store and sell cars over there. You know, now I've worked my way up through all the positions. So I'm Man. a GM, and now go sell cars until I can figure out uh, what we're going to do with you next. I'm like, hey, that's awesome. So, <laughs> um, so I, I, you know, I, I had a wife. I had a, I had a mortgage at a little house that I had bought, uh, and I'm like, okay, uh, so. I actually rollerbladed. Uh, I actually, I think I may still have those. Oh, I rollerbladed around the neighborhood for like a day and a half, deciding what I was going to do. Because yet again, I was like, I knew I didn't want to do this car business thing. Uh, and so, you know, I like okay, uh, but I ended up going back over, and I, I tell him like, if I'm going to sell cars, I'm going to go over to the Dodge store. I know the guys over there, and uh, so I went back over to the Dodge store and. Um, yeah, that that was not an easy thing, you know. It's like, well, why are you, you know, here, and you know, what did you do wrong? And so, yeah, you get to tell that story sixteen times a day. Ah, right. Yeah. Like, well, where should we start? Uh, but anyway, uh, I I did okay, uh, and and I was a good sales manager. You know, I I knew uh, you know uh, how how to create better experiences and and not be a Douchebag. I'm not sure if I can say that. Car salesman. No, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, you know, we, we, uh, I was there doing that for two, three months and they, they knew that I was better than the sales manager. So they moved me over there. Uh, and we, you know, along with a couple other guys who are actually better than me, um, one, uh, we, we, uh, doubled sales really quick. Uh, and, uh, you know, then, moved up further and uh we we got that store up to the number one store in the state and did did really well there it was really profitable and uh keith hawthorne uh was one of those mm -hmm. guys who's better than me and you know keith still has a couple stores today but my dad put him in business uh later and um but uh, uh, then along the way my dad was collecting strokes uh and you know heart issues he oh, had boy. open heart surgery and yeah, you know, seizure. Yeah, you know, oh, uh, yeah. So, um, 
anyway, they, my, my family decided, you know, we need somebody in the management company and, you know, for when, when thing, you know, things go wrong with dad, then, you know, we, we've got a succession plan and they, they decided that, uh, I was either the dumbest or the most like him. Uh, <laughs> uh, and they said, you, you go do that. And oh, so man. I went and, and worked in the management company, mm-hmm. uh, sort of in this consulting role, trying to help the, the guys. Cause I was, I was good at marketing and, um, you know, pretty good at, at, at the rest of that stuff. So, uh, you know, did that for a number of years and then started, uh, on, on my own, uh, you know, I, uh, did, did some, bought some deals and found some stuff, uh, along the way. And, uh, then, then in like 2007, right before the world decided to crash, uh, you know, I, I was buying my, decided I yeah. was going to buy my brothers and sisters out. I still worked in, in the other side, you know, mm-hmm. on the family side of the business and, uh, so my dad passed away. I guess eight years ago, maybe I could I could be off by two years. I'm, I'm yeah. terrible with that kind of thing. Uh, but I yeah we we combined both of the companies again, mm-hmm. and uh, so I have two brothers and two sisters, and they are not in the car business anymore. But a couple of the stores they're still involved with, and then the the rest of them uh, I'm involved with. But we still use that that same model, and I still always remember the lesson that you know. And that's why I like a consulting sort of approach mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I wasn't half bad and I totally crashed. So don't assume people know that much. You know, allow people to be entrepreneurs, allow them to put their own spin on it and their own touch. Uh, that That is always going to win in my estimation over kind of a, a directive, uh, prescriptive model where, you know, everybody's eaten out of the company trough and there's no room for creativity. Uh, but but we also you know have a lot of experience you know having had lots of bloody noses and black eyes myself <laughs> you know I I like to help people avoid those mm-hmm. if they can you know I think it's inevitable you got to let them get their own sometimes oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but I'm like, I'm like okay uh, I hear I hear that I hear what you want to do that that's fine no problem um, you know the last sixteen times I've seen somebody do that it didn't work so great but I I can always learn and. You know, I, I would love to be wrong, and especially when it pays really well. So I'm going to cheer for you. But let's have a 90-day plan where if that doesn't go so great, mm-hmm. we can have kind of this backup of, you know, what we might do next. And that's really kind of the the model that we still use. You know, if, if yeah. people do a great job here in, in our stores in Charlotte, we'll uh, help them get a, a store outside of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. We'll put them on a buyout. We do it very similar to the way that my dad did it. Um, and and uh, yeah, it's been real hard the last few years because you know the the, the higher margins made stores do exceptionally well, and that uh, lo and behold made them really expensive. Mm. Uh, but now uh, you know as things are starting to normalize, mm-hmm. uh, we're kind of back on the the you know the trail to buying stuff. So yeah, and I got two two questions for you. One, so when you're back there uh, working at that Dodge store, like you said with the mortgage and all that other stuff. What's a new Dodge selling for back then? I can remember thinking, man, ten grand is a lot of money for a vehicle. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then they got up to twenty, uh, <laughs> and you know, yeah. like like the the uh, the really loaded up uh, Dodge Grand Caravan with mm-hmm. the, the dual seats. That was when they first had stow and go, which was oh yeah, know, yeah, yeah. really really a cool cool feature for the moms. They could. Get it out of the way and then put all the junk in there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it uh, it it is pretty incredible. Uh, you know, to see today, I honestly don't know how people afford vehicles. You know, I I I think the 
average payment during COVID got up to like mid seven hundreds. Wow, right? And, and I'm like, and and the average, I think the average new car got close to fifty grand, and used car, the average used car was yeah. close to you know maybe it was thirty six or thirty eight. So um, yeah, those those numbers are coming down some, but mm-hmm. still higher, and interest rates are higher. So um, you know, I, I am very empathetic to you know what what people are dealing with out there and so we uh, try to think about that and and how we stock our inventory how we do our marketing that kind mm-hmm. of stuff well and you said you just got back from nashville where you were talking to the folks about marketing yeah what now what did you tell them that they're doing wrong <laughs> well that, that that's probably a little little technical and, and it's not necessarily wrong right uh, i think it d- different a lot of times today you know people uh, agencies uh, are very good at selling, right? Advertising agencies, sure. and so uh, they have these things that they talk about when when they're you know driving traffic to a website, and they talk about high value actions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what in the hell is a high value? A-? You know, because that that can be about anything, right? They sure. they looked at the ad for more than two seconds, or they clicked on some whatever, and I'm like. You know what I want is I want some high value leads. Actually, <laughs> someone who identifies themselves raises their hand and says, "Okay, I might be interested in one of those." And yeah. and so a lot of times, you know, strategies end up being optimized around high value actions, and mm-hmm. I think that's okay. But you know, th- th- those are only high value if they actually result in a lead, or your definition of a high value action and mine are somewhat different. And so we talk about mm-hmm. some of those things, and to their credit, those guys are really cool. They're, um, but they also, you know, they, they do creative. Uh, and there's a girl for anybody who's into uh, marketing. My favorite marketing book ever is by a lady named Janie Smith. She never paid me anything to say this, but uh, it, it's all about differentiation. And I heard her speak at a Vistage group once, mm-hmm. and she is, I think, right on the money. She said, you know, if you want to do good marketing, it needs to be different, better, relevant, timely, and executable. And and I think, you know, that's a high bar to reach, right? Especially in a, in a crowded space where Absolutely. you sell yeah. the same stuff that everybody else is doing. So how do you really differentiate in a way that's better and, and, and then relevant to what the customer wants? Because you can be different and better. And, and really not relevant, you know. Uh, if you're giving yeah. away, giving away Ginsu knives, nobody cares, you know. You uh, but that then uh, timely and executable, and and the executable part is is tough. So yeah. you know, we really sit around and try to apply that kind of a bar mm-hmm. to, you know, we got running footage of cars in snow, and that's like everybody else has running footage of cars <laughs> in snow, and so I, I think a couple of the brands that do a really good job. Uh, you know, Tesla does the best job because they don't advertise. You know, there you it, go. so if the, if the product, if people have a cool, if the cool factor is there, and then you don't have to advertise. So, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but uh, then you know, Subaru they kind of own love dogs and safety. Is there sure? Yeah. Not not that I think they're really better at it, but they do a great job of marketing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and so you know, it's always kind of that thing. Hyundai and Kia, uh, you know, in particular, continue to grow and grow. P- products bulletproof, looks great, just fantastic stuff. Uh, but but it is harder, you know, for even in, though they've been around for a long time now. Uh, but but to find your stake in the ground, you know, your your thing, you know. So mm-hmm. I I would say like 
hey, these other guys have a club. I, I want a club. What club can we belong to that's different, better, relevant, timely? And so the, the nice thing about being a consultant is you just get to set the bar and then walk away. <laughs> so, so somebody else has to implement. Yeah. You figure yeah. it out. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. And answer that really hard question. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> what, is it is it true that this time of year is is the best time for a consumer to buy a car? Like you're trying to filter through old dude, inventory, bring in the new year. Dude, you're asking a car dealer if this is the best time. <laughs> yeah. Always. Always the best time, right? But, but just not, in general. Have you not seen any of the ads? Yeah, yeah. I, I have. Our best deals of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, you know, oh, the, well, the best time strategy, to right? buy, I, I think it's the best time uh, to buy, uh, you know, a used car is uh, December because everybody else is looking at new cars because of the year-end deals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, when, when a new car goes down in value, every used car from a year older to two years older to three years, it's, it's a, you know, like this. Domino effect. Domino yeah. effect, right? So. Yeah, everything, every business uh, works on a cycle of supply and demand, right? So mm -hmm. if every if you know everybody else is looking for one thing, go look for the other thing, and that's probably where you'll find the best deal. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that the new cars are a bad deal; they may be a good deal this time, but the used car is going to be, and, and they have been really bad, right, for three years because there's just not enough of them, um, you know, and, and it's mm -hmm. going to continue to be that way for probably another three years, right, because. Tomorrow's used cars, today's new car, and when we're not selling as many new cars today, guess what? The the supply relative demand will be shorter, right? Yeah. So uh, I I think the used cars can be good, but the other thing to really look out for, I love to see like those year-end lease deals because a factory has a big incentive to get folks to lease because the the uh, you know the the repurchase rate much higher, uh, and and so does good things for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so sometimes they, you know they're they're going to incentivize the interest rate and and maybe additional incentive on uh, rebates or whatever yeah. that goes goes into that, um, and and it gets kind of baked into where the residual rates are. And uh, I think you got to know what you're doing to lease. Uh, and I you know full disclosure, I've never leased a car, but I think it's the smartest way. <laughs> you, know, so, you, 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 you can you can imply whatever you'd like from yeah. that. <laughs> write that down. Note to self. There you go. Well, the, well and we, we talked about this earlier uh, or in the intro here. Say, so and, and because I know you personally, it's like you're not just a car guy, right? You do other things with your life. Heck, we spent. 15 minutes before we even began this show this morning, talking about your trip to Nashville and your potential budding uh, career as a guitarist. But you're, but, but you're also a creative fellow yourself. Uh, yeah. I mean, we talked before about you doing pottery, mm -hmm. and are you still doing that? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, uh, I, I don't get uh, as much opportunity to do it as I'd like, because mm -hmm. um, I'm not smart enough uh, to get <laughs> my work done uh, in a timely manner. <laughs> Uh, so I'll, I'll be uh, at the kitchen table doing emails, and usually if I finish up by seven o'clock, then I'll try to go downstairs and and throw a pot uh, or uh, do some glazing. I hate glazing, but you know it's part of what you have to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I still am. Um, you know, I uh, when I have work, which hasn't been for quite a while, I. Uh, sell it through the Ann Nielsen Gallery. That's the only place I mm -hmm. sell any of the stuff, and they're they're wonderful people over there. And 
Uh, you know, they sell it for me and they do all the pricing and all that, that stuff because I'm no, no good at that. Uh, but then I uh, contribute the, the money to a group called Urban Promise here in town, which is, yeah. is cool. So it, it's, it's not really that I'm that nice of a guy, but it's a good excuse, right? Because if I want to <laughs> go— You are that nice of a guy, if, Jim. If I wanna, I've known you for a minute. <laughs> if I want to go down and, and throw pots and my wife's like, really? You're, you're going down to the basement again to throw pots? I'm like, well— it's for the kids, honey. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, so, no pun intended, but you kind of have your excuse baked in there. So yeah, it's like, yeah. you're like, I got this thing going on here. Well done. I like that, man. Yeah. I, I did not, like I said, I knew that you did that, but I did not know that you were uh, selling it and that it was uh, going to a non I probably have nothing there right now. Apologies to them, but... Uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping uh, I found a new guy who's a glaze consultant mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a good thing I don't do this for a living or I would have been broke a long time ago. <laughs> I've been doing these crystalline glazes for like mm-hmm. the last five or six years, and they're really, really hard. And so my failure rate, honestly, is somewhere around 70%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so you, you have to be sort of a glutton for punishment yeah. to do this. And and may, maybe, you know, it's, I don't care that much about how the pots turn out. I love... The, the sort of the the Zen thing of throwing pots. Yeah. You know, there's good good metaphor in there for life. You keep things centered, it turns out beautifully. And if you don't, it you know flies off the wheel and makes you really dirty. Yeah. Uh, so a- anyway, uh, yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> hoping to get some stuff back over. I, I missed the uh, Christmas season yet again, but uh, <laughs> it comes up fast. Yeah, 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 this yeah, whole, yeah we were talking about defense, that. It comes up really fast. Oh boy, right? Yeah, yeah this whole day yeah. job still keeping me kind of busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, as a side, I, another note to self here, uh, this whole glaze consultant thing, we should probably look into that later. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What's involved here? <laughs> Do I get to set the bar high and just walk away? <laughs> well, now no, you, you get to give me the formula and exactly how it works. Oh, okay. <laughs> so not like the car consulting thing no. that you were doing earlier. It's a different level of consulting. All right, I got yeah. it, man. I got the, it. Actual, actually a double standard there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, other note to self. <laughs> how do you see the, the industry evolving with all the green cars and the batteries and – all of that is yeah. As if it I continues could to... if I could figure that one out, I'd I'd probably be on Wall Street. But you know, I, I have an opinion on everything, and um, I I see uh, a, a lot of different variables. And uh, you know, the one thing about this, I used to be pretty good about seeing around corners, and you know, the there there are a lot more variables. Uh, there are exponentially more variables now, and the pace of change is exponentially higher. Right, so guessing right becomes a, a lot tougher. Uh, you know, you have things like autonomous driving that you know is still going to be a thing at some point. But uh, you know, I think fortunately for guys who are car dealers, because uh, that kind of changes the model. Where if it's autonomous driving, you don't need car dealers because you're not buying a car, right? You're basically renting time, and then then the the, the car just drives around all the time and. Um, mm, and and yeah. more and more people are, are in the car, but uh, it, but you don't need to buy the car, right? You're, and you don't even need to buy insurance. And so a lot of people think that's kind of cool. I, I don't know that you know uh, in a hurricane and I need to uh, you know uh, evacuate. I, I don't want to wait for an Uber. No, I don't either. If my my young you know my daughter was you know in in labor, you know and. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, let's see if I can find a car that uh, I don't. I don't want to do that. Um, but uh, you know, I am older than thirty, so you know, most of my viewpoints are uh, irrelevant. I think. Uh, but 
but I, I still have an opinion on everything, as I said. And so I think, uh, you know, what what will happen, autonomous vehicles, is uh, that, that's already happening in heavy trucking, yeah. right? We have a shortage of, and one of the things that happened, in, we were in COVID, then we went into supply chain issues. And one of the biggest supply chain issues is not just, you know, getting the product, it's getting the product to places. Yeah. So uh, trucking and shipping were a big deal. And so now, uh, you know, they, they have... Uh, Hyundai is actually a really big into, they have Hyundai Heavy and they are developing like hydrogen based, uh, ca- you know, trucks that are autonomous and that you can have like five or six of them that they go in a train. And, uh, but there, there are routes out in the West, I think, I don't know, in Texas maybe, but they're already doing this stuff, you know, hauling, hauling stuff. And wow. so I, I think, uh, the autonomous part of it, that will impact, uh, trucking more than than cars you know you still have autonomous cars but you mm-hmm. see stuff in the news where they you know wrecked or you know did something stupid and yeah. uh i think you know the technology will continue to advance but until everybody's on it you know and you have the, the connected car every mm-hmm. and you know the likelihood of that is so far out right the average car is i think 11 or 12 years old right so there the, the, there's just so many cars and mm-hmm. you know that that speaks to the whole ev thing and um and i i am a fan of of evs i think they're they're cool uh, I don't want one myself because I'm not smart enough to plug the damn thing in at night. Uh, you know, yeah, my wife could barely charge her cell phone, much less her <laughs> car. Like, like, yeah. Well, I guess we're yeah. not going anywhere tonight. <laughs> right. I, and I actually drove a, a Kia hybrid for a while and fantastic vehicle, but uh, literally I would forget to, you know, so all I'm doing is running on the, on the, uh, you know, on the, the gas anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with hybrids, uh, I think that will, that technology will develop some of the high-end exotic cars, you know, ha- now have mm-hmm. a hybrid that might be 800 horsepower and I'd, I'd be down for that. But the other ones, you know, are kind of, you know, you have a small gas engine, you know, that wouldn't pull a greasy string out of a cat's butt and <laughs> you, you, you have an electric engine that, or electric motor, right? That's oh, really right. small. And right. so neither of them have much get up mm. and go. And, and I'm not like trying to, you know, win the Indy 500. I just want to be able to get out into traffic without getting right. smashed. That's it. So uh, anyway, I, I think the EV thing is definitely not going to go away. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think uh, actually the from my perspective, the hydrogen technology long-term, if they make a couple innovations, is much more uh, environmentally friendly. I actually went to a hydrogen summit uh, out in San Francisco a year and a half or so ago, and you know, just trying to I'll always be a student of the game and understand where things are going, because yeah. as I said, it's changing a lot. Uh, but I don't think the adoption rate is going to go fast enough. Uh, and so then you, you have mm-hmm. this thing of, well, I don't know, based on what I've studied, and I'm not, again, smart enough to really understand that. But, um, that, but the two two degree thing, uh, you know, with with yeah. twelve years worth of product on the road, you know, I think they they should have been working on technology to retro vehicles, right? Instead of uh, trying to get everybody to buy a new one that's fifty or eighty thousand dollars because the affordability is isn't there. Yeah. Um, but it is very difficult to retro. Uh, an ice engine into an electric vehicle. Not so difficult if, if they could get the technology working on uh, the hydrogen side. Right now, it's just the tanks have to be too big um, for, for that. But, uh, you know, so the, the other component of it is, you know, the debate that people would have, and, and I don't have, you know, really, a, I don't 
have that well-developed uh, an opinion on one side or the other of, you know, whether uh, buying direct is better. Uh, you know, the, the Tesla model people people like that in some regards. But, uh, you know, if you look at the, the industry uh, satisfaction ratings, in many mm -hmm. cases they're close to the bottom, uh, haven't had one, so I can't qualify to, you know, to yeah. say what that's like. <clears throat> but... Um, but they do really well with the cool factor, and and yeah. you know they got a, a guy who's you know gonna get you to Mars and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, I think uh, that that is is neat. Uh, but one one thing's for sure, it it is not going to look the same as it does today, even in five years. Uh, and so I think what's important is. Uh, De decent customer service never goes out of style uh, and yeah. trying to stay in tune with that uh, and then look at the variables but not uh, get too invested in, in, in any one thing. Mm -hmm. And as, as we say that, we're spending zillions of dollars on you know new facilities and all of that, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And um, But uh, you know, I, I think um, as long as you... Uh, keep keep yourself uh, in a position that, that you're not over levered. Then hopefully you can weather storms and react as the markets change and you know go where the customers are going because that's usually where the money is. <laughs> that so does make very sense. good point. That very does smart. make sense. Do you see? I, I saw a lady speak, and I think if my memory is right, she was on the board of Ford. Mm. And a very sharp lady, worldly economic type mm. of. Uh, mindset and research and understanding. And she said that the younger generation, the 30-year-olds and less that you were talking about, view vehicles as an appliance. It's not like us, like, hey, man, it's kind of a status symbol. It's cool to have the nice, cool, fast car, hot rod, whatever it is. But as the generations mm -hmm. continue to come up, it's just another tool. It's just, it's not that important to them. Do you see that in your business? I think in the overall scheme of things, uh, the answer is yes and no. There, there's more of them that consider it an appliance, but it goes back uh, to social media of all things. Because you know, when you know anybody here at the table was a kid, you know, we couldn't wait to get some additional independence uh, oh, by yeah, and being yeah. able to go see our friends, right? Uh, because you know, calling them on the phone or whatever just didn't do quite as much and. But, but now, you know, kids are stimulated in a different way, uh, usually in 15-second snippets, uh, as it turns <laughs> or out. Or less, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, but, but they can, you know, see what all their friends are doing in real time, you know, in uh, unrealistic uh, snippets of, you know, what, what looks like something yeah. fantastic because that's what everybody posts. Uh, but they also can talk and communicate. So they just didn't feel the need to hurry up and get their driver's license. Right, so if you didn't care that much about driving, you probably don't care that much about cars. Uh, but it's a little bit like um, you know, the, everybody, young kids often want to go toward toward the city, right? Because there's so much to do there. And yeah. But but then you know those those same kids who everybody was going to move into a, a city center, you know, then they had kids and decided, well, you know, <laughs> picket fences exactly. and dogs look pretty cool too. So <laughs> I, I think you know there's always an evolution in that, but. Yes, it is. It is to some degree more of an appliance, um, and probably more so in in Europe uh, than here. You know, haven't traveled a ton, but my again, I try to study all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, but uh, America's had a love affair with the car since you know there was four wheels and tires. You know, yeah. and and 
I don't think that will ever entirely go away. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think it's probably, you know, not a bad thing that somebody doesn't say, well, my, my car is my identity. I, you know, hope we, you know, grow, grow better children than that. Yeah. They, you know, sure. but but it can certainly be something fun and interesting and you know if you're going to drive one you may as well drive one you think that you know looks cool or does does the stuff that you like to do and um you know i i think it's very uh in vogue to say say the things that that people in the corporation say like uh the the folks now that are saying well you know we we think EVs will be profitable very soon well, you know, if you were answering to a board of directors, you know, uh, I'd probably say the same thing. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'd, I'd like to keep, I'd like to keep working here. <laughs> we're going to turn this around. Uh, but I, I think it is going to be difficult for manufacturers to be profitable uh, for quite a while in EVs uh, because, you know, every time you turn around and see a new article about the billions of dollars spent not on the – Factories, but on the development, and then yeah. the, then the battery plants, and mm-hmm. now the charging structure. Uh, so there's like five or seven of the brands, including Hyundai, that went together to build a new yeah. charging center because you know, mm-hmm. that's that's a big thing, right? I sure. talked to people who's like, hey, I planned, I r- mapped my route out, I you know, had it all figured out until I got to the third place to stop and charge, and it was broken. You know, Not helpful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like there need to be a lot more, a lot more redundancy, right? So it, you know, I don't know that it'll become like gas stations, but it's got to get pretty close. Yeah. You know, because I, I don't want to get you know two thirds of the way to grandmother's house we go and figure out that we're <laughs> you know, yeah. we got a little problem. Um, so yeah, it's going to take I think quite a while. Yeah. You know, but but I do believe the infrastructure is there, and I'm not betting against it. I'm not hoping that it won't happen because. I do think that there is a lot of value uh, to to come, you know, from uh, the the EV uh, components. Uh, I, I think it, there there are less things that can break on it, uh, but when it does break, it's probably a bigger deal. And oh, uh, sure, yeah. You know, uh, so I don't know. Uh, I I'm not going to uh, make make predictions again as much as try to pay attention to where it's going and. Go yeah. in that direction, and that's a whole, and yeah, that's a whole separate sure. uh, piece of the industry right there. It's like the you know, mild Jeep thing. It's like I was telling Scott and Joshua, it's like, "Oh man, I love taking that thing apart and, <laughs> and putting it back together and getting it fixed myself and blah blah blah." And as you know, these things continue to progress and become more technologically complicated. You know, you, the the guys and gals who are going to service those things are going to have. It's going to be like you know, web designers 25 years ago. <laughs> I hold the keys to all of it. And, well, there's a lot of training going on right now. And, um, you know, we're investing in that heavily. Uh, but, but it, yeah, it's scary stuff. You know, you yeah. better, better wear your rubber gloves or you might end up getting barbecued. You know, right. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's, that's, that's, that's no joke. Those things, it's not a little bit Fight of ultra running through exactly. there, right? You know? <laughs> not a little juice. It's a lot of juice. Yeah. Yeah. So, juice. and uh, again, true confessions, I've never changed the oil in a car in my life. And, I uh, don't don't plan to start anytime soon. I my my brother was the service manager and he mm. was really good at that. I was better at making friends and so they you know said stay away from the service department unless you have a broom <laughs> in your hand. <laughs> that is oh, fascinating. That is hard. What would you say you 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 picked up from the way your father handled the situations as you were up and coming in the business because I think that's very valuable, yeah. um, and I think he did it the proper way, and you probably 
learned a ton uh, yeah, from yeah. that experience. He was uh, very good and, and very intuitive in understanding how to cause people to feel, think, and act in a certain way. You know, and I think they call that leadership. They they also call that manipulation. I think. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I've always I've always yeah. said the difference between leadership and manipulation is is really intent. If 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 you're doing it for your own benefit only, then it's manipulation. But if you're trying to cause people around you to feel, think, and act in a certain way that it's positive and benefits everybody, then it, then it's leadership. And, and I think you know my my dad was really good at. Uh, creating vision uh, and and causing people to believe in a a, a, big, a bigger picture. Uh, you know, he would always say that you have no idea how how good you can be. You know, most of us have no idea. You know, and uh, you know, and he would always, of course, you know, look at his own story. You know, a guy guy whose net worth was two cents when he married my mom and. You know, I think mm-hmm. he borrowed five thousand bucks from Bonnie Hunter, who still works with us. Thank God, today, uh, <laughs> to um, you know to get started. You know, on, in the first mm-hmm. deal, and um, you know, and it, and it worked out. But uh, he 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 was all about getting it done through other people, uh, and so I think that's another lesson in leadership. Is you know, the number one lesson in leadership is it's not about you. You know, and that yeah. may seem counterintuitive, but you know the the people that make it about them will rise up through the ranks and they'll run into the Peter principle because they, you know you you can only do so much yourself uh, and especially if you use the I word which is not a good thing yeah. uh, and and I had a little problem with that he would remind me of that and I you know it took me about five years to break that habit because it didn't seem that relevant to me Reason. I wasn't I didn't have intent that was bad as just that's just what what would come out of my mouth but. You know, the other people around you don't respond well when I am doing something. They respond much better when we are doing something. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I would think more than anything, those are the things, because we were very different. You know, he, he was much better at expense control than I am. I, I'd rather sell more cars and spread the cost across them, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but, you know, he was, he was very good at that. Uh, but, uh, it, it, you know, his generation wasn't as technologically uh, you know, engaged as as maybe uh, mine, and certainly not like today's. And yeah. I, I think you know, uh, up until maybe two thousand eight, he was still questioning whether we needed the expensive computers. Two thousand eight. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you get your first email. I, uh, <laughs> I, he could. You know, yeah, no, I mean, the 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 best he could do is get get it get the thing on so he could play. Uh, um, Solitaire. That's <laughs> funny. That was oh, that was the uh, the depth and breadth of his computer prowess and <laughs> love it. Yeah, but uh, so funny. yeah, it, it, there yeah. there were, there was as in every case, you know, you decide what what do I take away from this because there's things that he was so much better than me at that you know I'll I'll never be that. But everybody's got to play their own game, yeah. and I think that's another thing. You know, he had me in in dealer group meetings from a very early age and. You know, if you pay attention, you figure out, you know, there's a lot of what you would call right ways, right? And the, the right way that's the best for you is the way that gets the best outcome. Yeah. And, you know, then you have to define what, what a best outcome is. But from my perspective, it has to be best not just for you, but, you know, for the, for the, the, for yeah. the whole team because that, that, that's, that's the longer road uh, and there's a lot more value in, in it for everybody. 
you know, if you can put it together that way. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I don't want to let you go real quick before asking you about uh, your running, and <laughs> I know you're. I know you're still, like you said, I'm active, not busy, but you're also you're literally actually factually active. What's on your race calendar, man? Uh, you know, I don't have anything on the race calendar right now. I uh, <clears throat> I had uh, back surgery. Uh, uh, let's see, was it? I think May fourth. Oh my gosh! Uh, and so I I, uh, I thought it'd be a great idea. I ran Big Sur, the eleven miler, mm-hmm. uh, four days before uh, my back surgery. I was I was having, <laughs> looking to fix it anyway. Yeah, so what well, the- <laughs> yeah what the heck? What the heck? Yeah, yeah, get one more in. <laughs> sure. Uh, had a really good day. Crushed it. Uh, uh, but. Um, yeah, I uh, I love that. If anybody ever gets the chance to do that, you know, I always thought I'd do the marathon, but I'm like, you know, half is the new hole in my world. They don't have a 13 mile thing; they had 11 miles. Oh, well, right on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we went out there and and had a, a group of us just had a really cool time. One of the most beautiful places on the planet, I think, that Carmel Highlands and that area along yeah. between there and Big Sur, but. Um, so yeah, I'd been having uh, issues with my sciatic. I have uh, what's called stenosis, where you know the the nerve roots coming out. I've been you know uh, compacting those things for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And the space between the vertebrae, where the nerve root comes out uh, and and feeds all the rest of your nerves, is you know that that was you know, about a third the size of what it should have been. And I had, mm-hmm. had a bulging disc that had been bulging for so long it calcified into a little spear and it was sticking into that nerve. Oh, that's oh not terrible, God. man. Causing what one might describe as pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it was uh, it was not much fun. No, I would man. I would be standing there and I'll get let, like lit up like a Christmas tree about you know once mm-hmm. an hour and so I found a really cool doctor on uh, an airplane. I was on on the way on a business trip from uh, Phoenix to Orange County mm-hmm. and I'm sitting next to, I never talk to people on airplanes, but I'm sitting next to this guy and he had this logo on his hat, it looked like military. I'm like, is that Air Force? And, and ends up, this guy's like the, uh, he was the chief of spinal surgery for the Air Force and wow. uh, Naval Intelligence for 20 years. He retired, uh, opened a practice out on the West Coast. Uh, and now he is the team doctor, uh, disc sports spine, Dr. Robert Bray, really cool guy. Uh, and he... Uh, He's the team doctor for Red Bull. So when you get <laughs> crashed in your Red Bull, whatever wow. you do, he yeah. he puts you back together. Uh, but he also, uh, really cool story. He he started a foundation because the guys that are the teams guys and you know special forces, yeah, yeah. they get all beat up, and usually they don't make it the full twenty, and they don't have the same benefits as mm-hmm. other people. So he does free surgeries for them. So oh, that's, that's shout really out to cool. that dude. Yeah, and, and also, you know, this guy, you know, Jack Carr. He wrote yeah. the Terminal List. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Dr. Bray, uh, the, he was a patient of Dr. Bray's. And so he, he you know, was like, hey, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. You know, he was a sniper or something. And he's like, not, not a big demand for that in polite society. And <laughs> so that Dr. Bray's like, hey, how about, you know, I'll put you on, and I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but he deserves that credit. He's a cool guy. But um, anyway, he put him on his foundation, said just, you know, uh, figure out what you want to do, you know, for the next year. And. Lo and behold, the guy wrote a book. And it turned out pretty good. There uh, wow, and, there you yeah, go. So they, and well, they keeps writing them too. Yeah, I know. yeah. Now I, I, yeah, yeah he, he's very gun focused. You know, it's like <laughs> cool. I, I listen to uh, those, those things, but uh, but yeah, neat stories like that. You yeah. don't run into people like that. But I talked to this guy. I'm like, uh, so it turns out, I'm like, hey, do you know anybody that you know on the East Coast that that could fix my back? And um, he's like, nah, I'll do it. You know, and right on. he was coming back from, uh, you know, Boston where he was in some sort of 
litigation involving the tool that he invented oh, that, wow. that does this minimally invasive mm -hmm. surgery. And so he uh, ends up uh, doing my surgery uh, for me. And I wake up, you know, I'm like, I don't feel any pain. Uh, and so then I say, well, like maybe they just whatever they gave me. So later in the day, they call me like, hey, how's your pain level? I was like, I don't have any. You know, so right, whatever right. his his thing is, it is amazing, wow. and and I really never had any pain. I started running five weeks later. I was going to mm -hmm. do Blue Ridge, right, right, uh, and and I I ran. I, I was supposed to wait six weeks, so I waited five, of course, and <laughs> yeah. I started. Yeah, you know, but I I I ramped it up too quick, blew out my calf, and I've been nursing that oh, ever man. since. So. Uh, you know, I'll I'll do something, but I really am less uh, excited by races. I did the Ironman thing back in yeah. 2015, uh, and and that was fun. Uh, I, you know, I, and then I put my bike up on the wall where I admire it frequently, but <laughs> do not ride it because uh, where mine is. Yeah, six, six and a half hour rides. Uh, you know, not not my thing. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, we'll, we'll do stuff, but you know, ma mainly I just signed up for Patagonia. I'm going to do the half marathon oh, next, right on, next, next September. There, Very cool. I, I kind of like destination mm -hmm. races, and you know, go somewhere cool, and uh, and and with a half, you're not all blown up. So, you know, you, I can yeah. actually walk afterwards. And sure, yeah, that kind of thing. That is cool, man. Yeah. Jim, it has been an absolute treat to have you here on the Brand Builders Podcast, man. I really appreciate you making the time, uh, and. For both of you listening, don't forget, like it, share it, tell your friends about it. And thanks for everybody participating in this week's edition of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you, Jim. Ka-ching. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.